Welcome to the latest in our HR podcast series, It's the People Stupid, and our last one for 2022. Last month, we talked about OD&D, otherwise known as Organisational Design and Development, and the role of HR in proactive planning for the future. This month, we wanted to develop that topic a little bit more and look at the importance of business leaders working on the business rather than in it. I met with Anthony Ackers, who runs an organisation called Mountain Boardroom, to talk to him about his approach to helping business leaders work on their business. Your business is really interesting around the topics that we've just been discussing about the importance of business owners and managers working on the business rather than in the business and could you maybe just start by telling us a little bit about what you do and how that all came about yeah sure so i'm a business and mindset strategy coach i work with small business owners leadership teams uh, who struggle to find the time and space for themselves to get away from the office away from distractions so instead of doing it there i'd take them outside and do it up a mountain and where did that sort of come from what led you to forming that that is not something I expect you just woke up one morning and thought that's what you were going to do. It, it kind of evolved over the time. So my wife, Claire, and I used to run the recruit, a recruitment business together. Um, and we, we had staff in the office as well. We always found we struggled to find the time in the office to actually plan and do the work on the business because we kept getting interrupted by staff, by emails, by phones. Um, and we both always loved walking. It's one of the things that sort of drew, drew us to each other. Um, and one day we decided to go out for a walk and talk. And we got so much done. You know, we worked through a lot of the issues that were on our mind. And it really helped us to process things. So we started doing it quite regularly. And our walks got bigger and more ambitious. And we ended up going out kind of once a quarter as, as, our, as our strategy walk. Um, and then one, one walk, I think it was towards the end of 2019, uh, we, we were working through lots of stuff and processing it. And it kind of just dawned on us, you know, that we were building the wrong business. And I'm not sure we'd have got that breakthrough without sort of that, that processing time on the walk. Um, so, so we both had a passion for coaching. Claire did coaching part-time at the time. She was a qualified coach, and she, she did that already. I'd had experience coaching from when I was leading my team back in my corporate career. Um, and I kind of realized I could combine my, my strategy background with the coaching and with the, and with the breakthrough we made outdoors and do it all together. Uh, so I absolutely love that. I think that's a, I can sort of visualize that. Can you picture where you actually were at the time of that moment of realization? Exactly where it was. We were, we were out at Brimham Rocks um, in North Yorkshire um, and we'd, we'd been mulling over because we'd, we'd had a few staff that hadn't worked out and we'd let them go. Um, and there was one guy who was working for us who was, was actually quite good. You know, he was really good at what he did. And we were trying to think of reasons to, to keep him in the business. And they were, they were all at a cost to, to the business and to us. And we thought, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing it this way? And from there, we, it's like we pulled a little thread. And when we started pulling it, it wraps all the way back to what, why we're we doing this in the first place. You know, we've we, we freed ourselves from from the corporate world. We've set up a business ourselves. Why are we not doing something that we, we love doing and we're, we're good at and we're passionate about? And listeners, this has not been set up, but I know Brimham Rock, so I've been there, been up there many times, actually. It's a lovely part of the world. And And how did you then take that nugget of an idea and turn it into a business so you're running a viable successful business and then you've decided to change tack how did you then turn the the dream into a reality as a business um 
And my wife Claire always describes it as our Willy Wonka moment when in, in China Chocolate Factory, if Willy Wonka just shuts the gates, uh, fires all the workers, um, and then it goes quiet and it starts to starts to move again. Um, and it was kind of like that, really. You know, we we, we had a word of our, of our really good consultant um, and found him some something else he could, he could do. Um, you know, he, he went with our blessing. You know, a really good reference because he was he was really good at what he did. Uh, but we had to, obviously we have to make a decision sooner rather than later. There's no, I think once you've decided on the course of action, there's, there's no point sort of like going on a different direction. You, you, you need to sort of, you need to sort of do it. Um, so Claire started looking at her coaching clients and sort of like trying to build that that client base up. I decided 2020 is going to be a great year where I got qualified. I got qualified as an outdoor leader. I get qualified as a coach. And obviously the pandemic hit. And for like a lot of people, we had to replan. And so after a bit of bit of replanning and a sort of a bit of a diversion, I, I finally launched Mountain Boardroom in 2021, September 21. That's fantastic. Yeah, the timing of the, I think so many things around the pandemic for people was a, a completely wrecked lots of dreams. And it's a credit to you that you stuck with what you were planning to do and, achieved your dream and launched in in that time and you know, going back to our theme of today around the idea of people working on the business rather than in it all the time what would you say from your experience to date so just after your 12 months anniversary have been some of the, the tangible benefits that your clients have seen from having that time to spend away from the business actually working on it rather than in it it's a time to think and to process, really. Um, when you're in the office, and a few clients have said this back to me as well, but when you're in a coaching session in a room in your own office, you're kind of in the same environment. You do a lot of your doing mm. work. You know, this is where you do your delivery. It's where you do your, your operational stuff. Um, and then having people walk past the door every so often, you're always wondering, are they, do they want me? You know, and you, you never quite manage to pull yourself out of the day-to-day. And the thing is, to be able to sort of work on yourself and work on on the business as a, as a as a bigger thing you kind of need to remove yourself from that and see the bigger picture and you can't do that always when you're stuck in the office um and, and a few people have said you know that they've had breakthroughs outdoors where they've had chance to to leave something behind start processing all the things in their mind get that clear blank slate uh and they're starting to make connections once they've made in the office and have breakthroughs like that as well just like we did me and claire on, on, on a brim of rocks you know it's something that doesn't always happen in a, in a small hour session in a small room with people good buzzing around the and the outdoors and the outside yeah, i think that space and uh the, the whole idea of giving yourself space in a different environment is a really positive uh frame to almost work in in that regard i co- i totally understand that do you have rules around the the outdoor sessions so for when you reference going in you know if you're doing this in a meeting room or whatever and phones will still be on and people will be getting messages so you got phones off rules or things like that there's there's no rule um there've been a couple of clients i've taken out who have been i wouldn't say attached to the phones but certainly they've checked it maybe once an hour or so um it's just a quick conversation you know it's, it's actually how important is it and actually we can bring you back to the coaching conversation again it's actually why, why is it important, you know, and, and bring you back there? And sometimes it is, but most often it's not. It's, it's, a, it's a habit or it's a, it's an anxiety sometimes. Uh, but most, most people are really good. They'll, they'll put the phone in the pocket and they'll just, they'll just walk. You know, they won't get it out again until, until the end of the walk. The other good thing about most of the places I take people, I, I, do, I do take people to more local places like the local park or, or to, to local countryside. When we go out into the hills properly, onto the mountains, most of our walks are off in, in a valley. 
And in the valley, you get no, you got, get no phone signal. So at the start of the war, they check the phone, nothing there. And actually, you get better signal when you're on, on top of the hill, because obviously you can see the, see the mass from there. Um, so it's almost like they look at the phone and they give up on it straight away, because you, can, you, can't, you can't get any signal anyway. Yeah, well, I can certainly relate to getting good phone signal from the top of a mountain better than I get at home. So that's a, a, an interesting dynamic. And you referenced that some people have had real breakthroughs during the walks and obviously without naming names. But what sort of things have people shared with you that has you know, that, that moment of enlightenment or the breakthrough? What sort of things are you talking about? Um, interestingly, this, this came up actually last week. So last week uh, I did a presentation to to a group of people, and one, there were two or three people in the audience who were my clients. Um, and at the end of the presentation was a bit of Q and A, um, and one of my clients actually spoke up and said, "You know, actually, this this really works." I went on a, on a walk, um, and I think we were out on Ilkley Moor at the time. That's where we were holding our session, and it's was, it was probably about three or four hours into the session, um, and we were talking about this this, this particular person was running a business, a successful business, four or five people in the business. Um, but they, they were involved in the business development, very hands-on, and they tried to give it to somebody else to do. And each time, they'd really struggle to pass it on to somebody else. Um, and we worked it back, and it, it, was, it was basically, it, it came to the realisation that because of their, their, their early career and the way they were brought through that part of the early career, it meant that they'd, be, they'd been sort of style to do it a certain way. And it set those expectations of every single person they brought in since then to, to be able to perform it in exactly the way they wanted to perform it. And it wasn't until we asked the right questions at the right time. And it was, it was really nice moments, actually. We, we got to the point where we got to the top and we could see a really good view. And it's just almost like everything relaxed. And it just light bulb straight away. You know, they realised that they'd been holding someone to the expectations that they'd been held, held to in the early career. And you also learn how to let it go then as well. That's really powerful, really powerful. And I can actually personally relate to that experience of uh, when you're growing a business that you sometimes have to step away and look at things and and, and realise that uh, you know some of this is about you and your behaviour, yeah. or a lot of most of it is. And what about um, the benefits of of this for people's mental health? We, we, mental health has become a much more significant part of. All business life, uh, certainly it was, it was happening before the pandemic, but the pandemic brought it into very sharp focus for a lot of organisations. How does um, this approach benefit sort of business owners, business leaders in their, their mental uh, state? For the, for the business owners and the leaders themselves, um, there, are, there are two parts of it. There's a going outdoors, I guess, and there's also the coaching element as well. You know, in, in terms of going outdoors, there's a whole body of research. It's been quite exciting, actually, in the last 10 years, which has brought some of these, these benefits of, of actually walking in nature so far. Um, just things like, you know, it, it, you get better sleep, you know, a bit of exercise. It's actually it's like the physical exercise actually helps you to help your mind as well. And there are things like it helps to reduce rumination. So you, you're walking along. It's almost like the step, step, step. It's almost meditative. You know, that, 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 it's almost like a meditation. And um, it just helps you to your mind to sort of like process some of the thoughts without ruminating and going around in cycles on things that sometimes as a business owner, you, you can get you can go into a, bit of a spiral sometimes. It just helps to snap you out of it. Mm. And, and one of the things I often recommend actually to people who, who are saying, actually, I'm struggling something today. It's literally just leave, get up, leave your desk, go for a walk. And sometimes it's that change of state, that change of environment that can sort of just snap you out of a bit of a, that, that spiral um, and, and sort of wake you up again. And, and there's, there's absolutely loads of stuff about it. It's really, really good. Um, on the coaching side, I'd say 
when you go into when you sell the business for the first time, it's a really lonely place to be. You know, it's you're kind of out there on your own. You can't you kind of thrust from being in a position where you make decisions, but people tell you what to do a little bit as well. And all of a sudden you're responsible for your own destiny. And you've got no one to talk to about it. You've got no you, it's quite a lonely place to be. Uh, and just having that, that, that sort of like that that community or, or that person sort of like balance off can sometimes mean mean a lot sometimes. It it stops you making stops you thinking, Am I going mad? Am I doing the right thing? Mm. Uh, it's useful just to process that with somebody else. Yeah, I certainly we we had a, a a podcast a few months back that was about who looks after the leader, and it's the same. It is a very lonely place, and particularly when you're running a small business. I think in a bigger business, if you've got a board around you, you've at least got people to talk to. But in a, an SME, it's far more lonely in general when you're making decisions in isolation. So I I, I totally relate to the fact that you're getting mental. Uh, benefits from going out and doing this and, and switching off and getting away from the, the day-to-day. And yeah. one of the things that intrigues me is that I'm sure you have an absolutely huge variety of people who uh, um, you'll have some who will be willing participants and then others who will be dragged along as part of a team and you'll have one or two who might be fit and active people who love doing this and one or two who will be, I want to run a million miles away from doing a walk. How do you sort of vary your approach and take us through what a, a maybe a, a typical approach for, for people who join you is on a, on a day out with you? So, interesting, a lot, a lot of people I speak to sometimes think that there's all like going on a day out or a team day or a strategy day. It's just a case of let's turn up at the start, go for a walk and, and chat through some stuff. Um, but there's actually a lot of work that goes into beforehand, you know, to understand the different people on the expedition uh, and their needs, not just the physical needs in terms of what they're capable of in terms of routes, whether they want to be challenged or whether they want to have something that's easy going. Um, but also understanding, you know, who, who who's kind of like a supporter, who's who's maybe not a supporter, who might be a phys- you know, actual detractor as well. Mm. Um, and part of that is is to work with the person who's organising the expedition to find out who's who's sitting where. And part of it is is creating a sense of anticipation beforehand, you know, by by sort of like regular sort of like teaser teaser emails or teaser things. Um, and even if someone's not totally on board with it at that point, at least it's setting their expectations it's coming. So when it does happen, it's not like a total shock. Um, but on the events themselves, um, I make a point, even if it's not a coaching or a strategy event, to spend one to one time with everyone on the event. And it's interesting, and I think especially now that a lot of people are working remotely, working from home, um, just getting to know them a bit and start to understand what some of the frustrations might be. You know, you often find that people who are quite sceptical of the event might have something else harboured that's, that's maybe to do with a manager or a company. There's something there that's stopping them from, from enjoying it. And just having that person to sort of like to listen to you can, can be quite powerful sometimes. Imagine, actually walking outdoors, it has a really good effect on allowing our minds to process things, you know, as well. So, so the, the acts of walking and asking the questions, sometimes people will share a lot more than they would do just in the room with somebody as well. Uh, but actually, on, on the whole, I think the event itself is a talking. There's countless times where I've met up with, with a group of people. And again, some people have been really excited about it. Some people have, have you know, arms folded a little bit. You know, there's, there's a bit right gone in, impressive sort of thing. But it's really, really encouraging to see that by the end of the war it's a proper journey you know it's four or five six hours sometimes how people the arms unfold they start to relax and by the end of it you know even if they won't admit yeah i loved that you can tell that they're relaxed and the experience is actually giving them something yeah i mean i i can 
certainly see the value of that. And I think that one-to-one time is really valuable. You mentioned earlier about sort of raising anticipation to try and, I guess, build a bit of excitement. I don't want you to give away too many trade secrets at this stage because I don't want to do you out of any business. But what sort of things do you do to try and, um, I guess, get some of those more reluctant joiners to be a bit more excited about the prospect of the day? It, it, it really depends on on the people who are attending. So for some people who are, because somebody who might be sceptical might be into, well, to, well, several camps, but actually you, you could be really sceptical because, well, I'm, I'm a mountaineer. I do this all the time. What's the walk in the hills to me? Other people are like, well, I don't like going outside. So you've got to try and understand where they are on that scale. You know, but somebody who's may, maybe, you know, quite quite passionate about being outdoors and thinks it's a bit, bit beneath them, if anything else, then it's, it's, it's teasing things like, here's the equipment list and making sure it's, it's quite, yeah, we've got a proper exposition here, you know, having a really exciting description about it. It could be photos of where we're going as well, um, and obviously making them as beautiful or as rugged as the as the experience dictates. Um, so it's, it's things like that, really. But, but it's, it's just like a regular... It's not so much a... It's not so much a big bang sort of thing. It's more like a drip feed of things leading up to the event. Yeah, and it's interesting, because I hadn't thought about people who thought it was beneath them i was thinking more about people who you're trying to drag outdoors but of course there are going to be people who think this is too easy absolutely it has happened and interestingly when i did my outdoor leadership training one of the things that kind of they talk to you about is actually sometimes you will have quite a diverse group where you'll have some people who are this is actually really easy and they're you know they're off the head and you're trying to rein them in but at the same time you're trying to pull someone along who's who's really struggling so how do you manage that and there are all sorts of things you can do, like, you know, you, you can give more responsibility to the, to like the, the people who want to be out in the front, mm. um, you know, and, while you look after the people who, who are at the back and that, and that sort of thing. So there are all sorts of things you can do to engage people. Brilliant. And, and I, one, of the, one of the things that's very obvious to most of us currently is obviously as a result of the pandemic, the workplace has changed a lot. There's an awful lot of pressure on time. Um, we we work a four day week in Cream now, which has obviously changed the way we do things and put more pressure on the days we're in. Um, how do you overcome the challenge? And I'm sure you get that challenge of people saying, "Well, hold on, we're we're trying time constrained as it is, um, getting to justify spending six hours out of the office." is a whole day and you know 20 percent or 25 percent of my week how do you get people to realize the value and convince them that it's something that they should be doing well i think i think in the last couple of years it's been a massive revolution you know in, in sort of like remote remote working and also online meetings as well which have really made people appreciate that it can fit a lot more into their working day you know you can, instead of having like a meeting in in Leeds, followed by meeting in Manchester, followed by meeting in Sheffield, which might take up a whole day for three hour, one hour meetings. They can have eight back to back now. It's, it's mm. that way. Um, and for a lot of things, those, those sort of things do work. You know, having uh, having the online meetings, it can work, you know, when you just on updates, that sort of thing, or anywhere where, I guess, remote working outweighs the drawbacks of having an online meeting. Um, but there's, there are certain things, though, where it does benefit having a longer time in person together you know it's, it's all about what you want what you want what you want, what's the outcome you know what's the value you try to get from, from from what you're doing you know is is now we're on teams or on, on zoom really going to help you to know your strategy and get everyone on board with that strategy get everyone to buy into it it's probably not you know because is everyone going to engage in it you know are they all going to contribute 
what else are they doing in the background? Are they, are they, are they trying to do some other work or are they trying to concentrate on doing the strategy? Are they saying nothing because they don't agree with it? You know, are they saying nothing because they do agree with it? Or do they just not care? You know, you, you can't see the body language either. Um, and if you get not, again, that feedback, it's really difficult to, to understand what, what's happening. And I think that's the crucial bit when you're doing things like strategy and planning. Um, and I think there's a, sometimes, as business owners, we, we always think any, any minute we're not spending on delivery and, and fee earning is, is a minute wasted. And I think there's a policy there. You know, and obviously, the work I do is try and help people understand that the more time you put into to planning and making sure you've got a direction, making sure you know how to get there, it saves a lot of time in the execution. Is it, is it something like 80% of the planning and 20% of the execution goes into success? You know, and how much time are actually spending on, on being busy or being in, in back-to-back teams meetings when actually it's actually fitting into where we're trying to get to in the bigger picture? What is the bigger picture? You know, and that's, the, that's what we need to define, really. And for, for a single business, you know, a micro-business owner, you know, spending that time is important so you can get a direction. For someone in a larger business with a board, it's about getting something that everyone buys into, that they agree in, and you know they're on a journey. And I don't think you can get that from a very short session that's remote. I think you've covered a lot of interesting points there. I think this, you know, the hybrid working world is with us and it's never going to go away. I think back-to-back teams or Zoom meetings are absolutely exhausting. I think they are very, very draining. You're, they're not quite natural because we don't have that ability to read body language the same way you're not in the room with people. So I, I can relate to lots of those challenges. I guess the starting point for you is always focusing on what's the purpose, what's the reason, what's the outcome, and you know, why are we doing this, which then enables you to get the buy-in from whoever it is to to recognise that actually spending time out in the mountains, walking, having that space is a real value to people. Yeah, it's, it's about communicating that value. And uh, interestingly, there, there, yeah, there, there are two, there's another aspect, there's, also, there's a strategy aspect, which is obviously about getting teams out to work on a strategy, and that's, that's crucial. You need to communicate the value of, of why that's important and, uh, and why the methods that I, I use is, 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 is so, so effective as well. Uh, another thing that I've been focusing on is being, being wellness days or well, well, wellness walks. Um, and that's that's an interesting one, that because the, the, the smaller businesses they get it, they understand about mental health for business owners. They understand taking that time out is it's expensive, but it's valuable as well. The larger companies are in an interesting position because I, I feel a lot of the large companies that I've not, not that I've worked with, but certainly that I've, 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 I've spoken to, it's almost like that wellness thing is a box ticking mm. exercise. You know, they, they, they want they want something like, almost like a package you can give that, that, that ticks that box of we're doing some, we're doing some wellness. Um, and they're, and they're the, the companies I've, I've struggled to work with a bit more in the past because obviously you want to add value. You want to go in there and, and do some good. Um, you don't just want to stick a box. But just the fact that that's there is a good thing, though, because it means that there is an opportunity to, to actually work with, with, with people who might be struggling otherwise. I think you've uh, a great point. We're very, very uh, aware of that sort of box-ticking mentality of lots of organisations where they want to be seen to be doing the right thing but the businesses that truly succeed are the ones that genuinely do do what they've ticked the box for so the box is irrelevant it's actually doing it that makes the difference but um yeah i i get that challenge quite regularly um and what about i guess if i look at these more constrained economic times we've got um 
you know, economic meltdown going on as we speak with a pound going through the floor and a government that is in panic. Um, selling benefits to businesses that are always going to be looking. You said that whole mindset of if I'm not in the business, it's a missed opportunity. How do you demonstrate some of the benefits that some of your clients may have experienced? And maybe without naming names, could you share some of the things that you've had fed back to you from clients who've been out and who've really benefited and, and, and used the day to change things? A lot of the, so starting maybe with some of the, some of the team walks I've done, um, again, coming out, coming out of the back of the pandemic, I mean, I know it seems like ancient history now, it's not a long <clears> ago. I'm still working with teams now who, not everyone's met each other. People have been, been onboarded during the pandemic and, not, and there might be two different offices and not everyone's met each other. So just having that sense of community is, 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 is really valuable. Yeah. I think especially now, especially now that we're not always in the office altogether all the time. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of thought is given to, um, to people who want to work remotely because it's flexible, you know, and because people actually, you know, they can get a lot more done, especially in flow tasks where they don't want to be interrupted. It's absolutely great. But there, there, I think there's a lot of people out there who need that connection. In fact, I think we all do, but I think some people acknowledge it more than others. Um, and if you're saving money from low office costs, there's, there's, a, there's an offset somewhere. You know, the, the offset, I think, is, is, I think there might be a bit of a, a bit of a, pan, not, not a pandemic, but certainly like a, a swathe of people out there who are, are probably in quite a lonely position working at home at the moment. And just having that, that touch base ever so often, it just helps to connect with them. From, from a sort of small business point of view, you know, talking about, again, why would I invest in working on the business when I need to, to earn money? It comes back to that. I, I, think the, I think the business owners that get it, they get it, whether it's, a, whether it's tough economic times or it's not. You, you get a lot more value from focusing in, inwards and working on, on, your, on, on what you're doing. You're, you're, you, at the end of the day, you are the, you are the most valuable asset in your business. You know, everything, you, every, time, every minute, every pound you invest in yourself is going to grow. In, into, into what you do in your business and we can get sucked into that trap sometimes of working faster pedaling faster working harder without actually taking a, a stop and say actually can i do things better am i going the, am i going the right way yeah i think now more than ever it's a, it's, it's the right time to ask those questions and even even if we're thinking about you know bona fide proper formal business planning you know with all the stuff that's happening right now surely it's better to be to have an awareness of what might be on, on the horizon. You know, do, doing things like your, your pestle analysis and that sort of thing, working out what could possibly impact the business in the next year, it's probably not a bad time to do it. And it'll stop us from being shocked in the future as well. And so, so a little bit of investment today, you know, could save us a lot of time, a lot of money in the future. I think that point you made about you know, the number of organisations where people are working together and have not even met is ab- so uh, valuable to get people together to actually have that social interaction and I personally think you know there's a real I think there's likely to be a, a, a response I think people do need social social interaction I think we often come across you know those water cooler moments have vanished because of remote working and people get great feedback and get up great ideas from just being with one another in a business environment and of course the cultural side of a business is often about how the people interact together so I, I think that's a great tool to use to help and to enable that and i also think i'm a great believer of you know all of us we we only have one us and it's making sure we look after one another um and as as business owners and business leaders i think it's essential that we take time to look after ourselves 
because you know it's about the journey and if we're just flogging ourselves relentlessly it's going to be a shorter journey and it's not going to be as much fun and probably far less efficient i think um as you said getting away from the business and spending time thinking and having a clear mind in a different location gives you a great chance to probably solve a whole host of problems that you didn't even realize you had yeah, I, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, that I'm, I'm sort of like giving people some more problems by thinking about them. But but sometimes, actually, it, it helps just to make those those unknowns known, you know, mm. but a lot a lot of us, you know, we, we put things off, you know, we, we don't think about things and having that actually having the luxury. And it's, it, it, it sounds like luxury, but actually, I think it is essential of a period of time where you can process some of the stuff that you've been backing up for so long because you haven't had time to process it. And imagine how clear you might feel after that and, and how much focus you build upon the things you need to do. And I think it's sometimes uh, those unknowns, it's just you're battling to try and find, you know, there's something there. You don't quite know what it is. And having that space to get away is that light bulb moment sometimes, isn't it? Me, I mean, I certainly know I cycle and mountain bike and sometimes I've been, you know, a problem I've had for weeks, all of a sudden light bulb moment on the middle of some muddy trail that's ah i've just fixed this yeah. and it's it's that space that it gives you that freedom for your brain to switch off and actually work out the solutions which is uh very powerful and finally uh, as, a, as a question for, for this because we've covered a lot how do you think your approach to taking people outside and giving them that space translating translates into how that impacts on a business's strategy when those people then get back into the office what what sort of impact does it have on the strategy of a business so one of the things i decided really early on and this was this is kind of a reflection back on when i was doing this in my corporate career is that i can't own the strategy it's not it's not mine it's owned by the people who create it in the business um that it's on on them to deliver that strategy i can't deliver it for them what i found a lot, a lot of companies do like to do is like to have a quarterly session after that so this is our strategy session and every quarter they meet up again to say, okay, are we on track? And it's just something they could put in the calendar to be a bit exciting, you know, so something to look forward to. But also, you know, there's a checkpoint in there, which is, is sacred. You know, it's a, it's a fixed period of six hours where, again, they're not going to get disturbed. They're not going to have to cancel it. You know, it's, it's there in the calendar. And on the back of that as well, so on, on, on the back of the final session that we do, um, we, we do create an action log on, on the back of the strategy as well. Um, and we offer accountability as well, so... Even though we're not delivering the strategy, we do check in with, with businesses, have you done this, have you done that? And it just prompts the thinking sometimes. Um, it's an interesting one because sometimes the culture in a business, it lends itself really well for people taking ownership and driving their strategy forward. Sometimes it's a bit more immature where it literally is, right, we've created this great thing, got to the office, put it back on the shelf again, and then we'll dust it off in another year's time and see how we did. That's, obviously, that's not the way to go. There's an education piece there as well, you know, and, and that, that's what happens. You know, we talk about the tacit, the tacit sort of like was cooler moments where people get together. Six hours isn't just six hours talks about strategy. You know, all the little filler bits are sort of like working with people, understanding are they going to see this through or not? And if you're not, how do I help them to do that? You know, there's, there's an element of coaching in there as well. Uh, uh, the value of that, I can see, so that, that just that time getting to know people, getting to learn about them, what they like, what they dislike, their lives, etc., is is yeah, that doesn't immediately impact, if you like, but it influences mm-hmm. your thinking around the strategy. And I love the fact that you're doing the regular follow-ups and the accountability. I think, again, from your point of view, uh, 
that explanation of how you overcome the objections to doing what you're doing is very much about, well, we've got a track record of businesses who have we followed up with and we work with for a long period of time so we can see the tangible benefits of um, taking this approach to think a bit more clearly and to spend a bit of time on the business. I really loved you sharing that with me. I'm actually sort of in my mind walking through the dales at the moment, sort of switching off and thinking of, yeah, I can really get the benefits of being out there in a, in a, well, today a very rainy day, uh, but just having that time to switch off and be free thinking without those distractions. So I really appreciate and thank you for sharing that with us. And that's been really, really valuable. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anthony. It's been fantastic. Because um, chat, because chat about it as well. That was Anthony Ackers there talking to me about escaping to the mountain to discuss business strategy. It's been a rather apt way to finish our first year of podcasting, touching on so many topics already covered this year, the importance of physical activity, looking after the leader, the challenges of remote working, OD&D to name just a few. If you've missed any of them, please do go and check them out on our page. It's thepeoplestupid.uk and visit the resources section. It only leaves me to say thank you for listening. We hope it's proved beneficial to you and we're already looking forward to our January episode. Until next time.